0: Good morning, Horse World. I am Glenn the Geek in Ocala, Florida.
2: And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for September 23rd, episode 2,525, brought to you today by Stateline Tech Good morning, Horse World.
1: Everybody up, rise and shine. It's a new day.
2: It's Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday.
0: Here we can go again. And away we go. Well, hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Before we get into the meat of everything going on today, Jamie's going to tell us what's coming up on today's show.
2: I certainly am. It's going to be our Equiderma guest, Megan Hensley of Holistic Hooves, who's going to speak to us about donkey's feet and thrush. Our Horse Nutrition Podcast Health Report has Dr. Waldridge uh, discussing joint anatomy and... Glenn always has a crappy list, and we got some weird news, so uh, here it comes.
0: All right, sounds good. And I have a story here for you to lead the day. Uh, we There were so many rescue stories in the news this morning, I picked one, because there were like 100 of them. Horses getting stuck in the mud, we had another one in the backyard pool. Which seem those horses want to swim a lot. We get that a lot. Uh, this one, this rider was riding on one of those steep hills out in California. It was at the Caspers Regional Park in San Juan Capistrano, and I only picked it because I like saying that name. Uh, <laughs> so her horse started to buck, and if you know those trails on some of those sides of those hills, they're steep and the trails are narrow. Well, her horse started to buck, and wisely, she bailed out. Well, the horse unfortunately slipped and fell 60 feet down a ravine. Now, Mm. uh, apparently, because of the rough terrain, they couldn't get the horse out, so they called in the rescue people, and uh, everybody showed up. A veterinarian sedated the horse, and the Orange County Fire Authority, who are used to rescuing horses out there, hooked it to a helicopter and hoisted the horse out to be reunited with the owner. But the amazing part of the story is, is the rider's fine and the horse is fine? Now, how does a horse fall 60 feet down a ravine, and it's fine, playing out in our own paddock where it's perfectly level, there's nothing going on, the horse gets hurt?
2: I have one horse here that I just feel like it's a mystery how he continues to cut himself. Like, I have... Six horses out in the big pasture, and one, just—it's. I think it's just all about the horse. It has nothing to do with the situation or where they are. It's just that particular horse.
0: And why is it that you can have 12 miles of wooden fencing, and you'll go out and look for the nails sticking out, right? So you, the nails always come loose and stick out, and you go out and look for them. I, I you should, at least, on occasion. And if there's one nail out in 12 miles of fencing, they're going to find it. Of course. They find that one nail. Of Of course, you'll find hair attached. (laughs) It's just ridiculous. But anyway, uh, it's good that this horse is fine. Everybody's fine. But wow, what a scary day that was. I wonder if she'll ride on that trail again anytime soon. I mean,
2: how much do you have? The question is, how much sedation do you have to give a horse to allow it to be hoisted by a helicopter? to a place and then the horse is in the air. Like you would think it would be like some sort of ketamine induced sedation where like they are not they're recumbent basically. But then the helicopter has to drop them, you know, like yep. put them down on the ground. And I can't imagine like, uh, does it just crumble? Does it stand up? What's the deal? How I need to talk. The to harness about is this.
0: one of those that goes completely under the horse, you know, and, and, Their legs are sticking out. I saw pictures of the horse flying through the air, and it's just hanging there. You know what's it (laughs) going to do? I mean,
2: if it was Zeus and and he had (laughs) had bucked me off or something, and he went down there, down the thing, and he was stuck down there, I'd be like, "He'll be fine. He'll figure it out. (laughs) He will get out eventually to get out. (laughs) It's fine. Just call off the helicopter." (laughs) It, he'll be fine.
0: By the way, I'll see him in
2: three days in my ta- in my feed room. Okay? Does the rider
0: get a bill for the five thousand dollar rescue? I mean, something. That, who pays? For <laughs> I don't that? know. I don't know. You know, you have to pay for an ambulance call, right? You're paying for the ambulance to come out to your house and take you to the hospital when you're dying. And is that know. covered
2: by insurance? These are all the real questions. <laughs> right. that,
0: that, that horse people think about. General people read that story and go, oh, wow, they saved the pretty horse. We're all going, well, who pays for that sucker? Oh, my sucker? God, pays for that? <laughs> yeah. That's a ton. <laughs> and, to that, and what's a veterinarian charge for a call where it has to go down a 60-foot ravine to sedate your horse? There's a house call for you.
2: That's a call charge. I mean, <laughs> God, you get pissed if they it's $40 to show up at your yeah. door, and they've driven 147 miles. But, my God, uh, here's what I need. <laughs> you to do. I need you to go to the trailhead and then you're going to hike back about two and a half miles till you get to the top of the rav- ravine. And then you're going to look over the mountain edge down about 60 feet and there's going to be a horse precariously perched, Uh, <laughs> and I need you to get down there with a four CC syringe and inject eight. Uh, two cc's into a horse's jugular vein while perched on the side of a rocky cliff with a horse who is really unhappy. Can yeah. you do that? How much is that?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. How much is that house call? <laughs> on that note, We have a couple of birthdays today. First of all, to our friend and founder of PodFest, the second largest podcast conference, and he's been on our show many times, Chris Kermitzos I wanted to give him a very special happy birthday. Nation- or, next week, I also wanted to announce is International Podcast Day, and we usually celebrate it. It's next Wednesday, but on Tuesday, which is normally a day we don't have a show because it's Fifth Tuesday, I have my friend Neil Galarte coming in, and we're going to do another one of our Meet the podcasters episodes where we get a whole bunch of podcasters on that are doing shows not about horses and we meet them and have a little fun. So we're going to honor podcasting next Tuesday here on horses in the morning live with a whole bunch of different podcasters about different. And I, and there's a variety of things. So, uh, those shows are always fun and we're looking forward to that next week. Did
2: you hear about the podcast that is people playing weird noises? No, it's a whole podcast about weird noises. I'll, I'll get the you details. Do you have to guess what it.
0: the noises are then? Is that the I deal? Don't,
2: I don't know. It was just like weird We need them on
0: the show. Count. Find them for me, okay?
2: I will. I'll all work right, out for right.
0: And also, happy birthday to auditors Anna Biffle and Carrie Garvey. Happy birthday to both of you, too.
2: Oh, Ellen and Veronica. I love them. Ellen is an auditor, and Veronica is her daughter, and they. When you sent say me Ellen messages.
0: and Veronica, I thought, is that some old soap opera that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> From Days of Our Lives. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it sounds Roger. like two
0: names that'd be on Days of Our Lives that your grandmother Ellen watched.
2: <laughs> and Veronica, they had some trouble loading uh, one. Of their their mare. And so I'm so pleased to be able to help them. They sent me some videos of them trying to load the mare and it was funny because, and I, I discussed all this with them because I just Facebook called them and I was like, Hey, let's try this. And uh, I was watching the video and it's Ellen coaching Veronica. Okay. Back her up. Okay. Move her forward. Okay. Back her up. I want to give my daily Winnie to Veronica for not killing her mother for like actually listening to her mom, because it, I, if my mom was telling me to do something like that, I'd have freaked out. i have been like, go inside woman. I'll handle it. And, uh, and Veronica was so sweet to her mom and just kept doing what she was doing. But I'm watching the video and the horse is like really mad and, and, and going back and forth and, and kicking her hips off to the side and just not wanting to go in. And uh, I was watching the video and I'm, and they, when they back her up, then they pull her forward in the back. And I was like, Pet her, just give her a rub, let her know it's okay. And I'm not kidding you, at the very end of the video, Veronica is listening to Ellen go on about teach, you know, get what to do. And she just reaches up and kind of pets the horse just while she's sitting there listening. And the horse walks right in. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, reward people, reward. Don't forget to let them know they're doing good. Anyway. They sent me, uh, Ellen sent me a message yesterday and it says, what a difference a day makes and the horses in the trailer. No problem. Yay. Got her on four times before ending, literally took two minutes. And now I would like to tell you that it is true. A, a different day is a good idea, but also you did it right. So good job.
0: Good job. Well, I have before, I want to get into talking about what horses you have in training, because the listeners always like to hear about that. Before we do that, though, I wanted to mention, remember we talked about the Amish auctions? On Monday, yes. well, there was a whole thread a fascinating thread about that on our auditor page. Go check that out and and yes in fact the the lead the draft horse in that sale went for ninety five thousand dollars. Good God, he said there were like forty horses, and the total sales were like two hundred and fifty eight thousand dollars. so yes, honest you spend a lot of money on their horses um so check that out. It was a very fascinating thread, and it was interesting. Uh, the next thing is I've been getting a lot of messages that I haven't had a chance to get back to everybody and I mean yesterday was a lot of messages from listeners and auditors who are asking what's the update on my situation health wise and I really appreciate you guys asking that means a lot. I go to the surgeon this afternoon and hopefully we'll know more about when that will be the plan is it's probably going to be sometime in October I'll be out for about two weeks Um, and Jamie's actually out for a week too doing your clinic at your farms. What we're going to try and do is get it arranged that we're out opposite of each other so we'll have new shows the whole time just with guest co-hosts. Uh, it's not fair to you guys and it's also not fair to our sponsors to put up two to three weeks of best ofs. So we're going to do the best we can to make that happen. There might be some best of. Probably there will. what we're going to do in the month of October just to let you know is there won't be any live. We won't do them live. Uh, they'll come out every day as normal at noon to two o'clock. But we won't do them live because it'll be too difficult if we have uh, other producers, Jemmy's producers, producing, and it just it gets too complicated. So if I'm not around, it's too complicated to do it live. Um, so it, they'll be it, still we can't
2: be out. Function without Glenn, yeah.
0: But we'll do them as live, and we'll put them out, and you'll still have shows every day. Just uh, then we'll come back live the following month. It's just going to be easier. Then one day it's live, next day it's not. What next day it's live? We're just going to. Make it easy on everybody. So that's the update. How about you? What's going on horse wise?
2: Oh well, it's been an interest interesting week. So I went to horse and hound and I picked up two new horses for training. And one is very recently off the track, and one is has been off the track for quite some time, but just got to the rescue. So they didn't know much about it. So here's the problem I'm five two. It's not really a problem. And both these horses stand at seventeen two. I've measured them both, and the gelding is just at a tick below seventeen two. Isn't a
0: stepladder to
2: get on the step good <laughs> God. I mean, thank God Abby's here. So Abby's you know, five eleven. She looks normal <laughs> on the horse. So I uh the gelding, his name is Killer Party, which is a fantastic name killer party and killer party is a 17 two hand gelding and he is gentle as a kitten. He has decided, and he was a very successful racehorse actually. Um, and he's decided that that life is behind him and he would not like to go any faster than he has to, which is a fantastic thing for a thoroughbred to have like that kind of mindset. He's very gentle, very big He had no, you know, manners when he came, but it just one day he's, he's perfect on the lead line. You know, it's pretty hard to fly a kite that's 17 too. So I had to work pretty hard to get him to where he would lead properly. And when I loaded him, Glenn, I put him in the trailer and I led him forward and he decided to look off to the right and just turned his head to the right and pulled me off my feet. (laughs) Like he's so big and strong, but again, now he's perfect. General's kitten loads, leads, ties, does cross ties, does all the things he's getting his feet worked on today. And, um, he's great. And then we've got the, the mare and this one has been fairly hard for me. She is jet black. Gorgeous, oh, no. 17-2,
0: beautiful. For new listeners, Jamie's dream. <laughs> Maybe that not has eluded me.
2: <laughs> yeah, not that big, but uh, the, the black horse dream has eluded me for quite some time. But anyway, um, she is giant and black, but she really, really, really recently came off the track. And so I get her here, and the the first thing is like I, I put her in a stall, and she's trying to jump out of my Dutch doors. I was like, okay, but I have a little paddock attached, tiny, like 12 by 24 paddock right outside that. So I opened that door and she starts throwing her, she threw herself against the fence trying to Mm. break through it. I was like, oh.
0: So she's less subtle than Zeus getting out.
2: She (laughs) is very dramatic. And then, so I've now acclimated her to, within a week, acclimated her to, uh, she didn't eat any food for like four days. And so I've I've called a horse and hound and I said, you know, I just think she needs more time to decompress at the rescue before she comes in for training. She's just not ready for training. And so I sent... Nell did that message yesterday and her message is like, okay, bring her back. I was like, oh God, are you mad at me? <laughs> like, Are you mad? I'm so sorry. I just, She's just not ready. I just, I just, she's just not ready. And she's like, of course I'm not mad. Bring her on back. That's fine. We have like a hundred. It's fine. <laughs> I just, what's great about working with this rescue is Nell, they just knows horses and she understands and she trusts me completely. So if I tell her the horse needs more time, she's like, okay. Bring it back. I trust you. The horse needs more time to just decompress because she's only like two weeks off the track. And yeah. I really think they need four to six to just stand around and let what whatever. they really
0: her. could use is six months to a year. But, you know, yeah, yeah, drugs right. to get out of their system.
2: Well, I think yeah. four to six weeks is is good for that if they have anything going to their system. And she's three years old and did not race very successfully. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of it is... Uh, she just needs to calm down. She's three years old, and she is seventeen too. Glenn, mm-hmm. I mean, that's ridiculous. And no three-year-old at seventeen two needs to be racing, you know, at two, you know, or whatever. So, um, so she's going back. So I'm gonna take them both back tomorrow and get two more. Then I have little Malachi, who is the tiny. Uh, I, guess I say tiny. He's I'm almost fourteen hands tiny compared to those guys. Um, and he's a quarter horse, and he has probably. The smallest horse I've trained since I started business here, um, but he's also the toughest. <laughs> Every single thing has been the biggest challenge. Um, but he went and got his teeth floated. Oh my god! Do you remember the whole drama with this? Is the horse that had the wolf? I yes, tough with the bridle. Okay, yes. Not gonna, are you sitting and, down?
0: And had its and still had its wolf teeth in, and then went back. The
2: the uh, an equine dentist came out here, which I I really wanted them to use a veterinarian, but they insisted on the dentist, and the dentist came out and she said I can't get the wolf teeth out, but I filed them down. Yes, which is a terrible idea because then there's no no way to get them out because they have to like hook around it and then pull basically, and so there's now there's no wolf teeth to grab onto, um so. My vet was like, "They're gonna have to take it to a surgical center." Okay, so they call their country vet, and their country vet's like, "I'll take care of it. Just bring him to me. I'll get it." It's like a doctor pole, right? <laughs> they take the horse uh, this week to Put a
0: crowbar in there to to and start Dr. yanking.
2: <laughs> yeah, and he sedates him, and he opens up the mouth, and he goes, "This horse doesn't have any wolf teeth." And they're like, "Excuse me." The equine dentist told us there there definitely were wolf teeth, and that she filed them down. Yeah, there's there's no wolf teeth in here. This horse has no wolf teeth.
0: What she filed down?
2: There's so many questions. <laughs> What did she
0: think Which one of the, the good teeth did she file down?
2: And what she filed down, it's it's just my head exploded when I heard that because I'm like, well, then it, why did she tell us it wolf teeth? And if she thought there was wolf teeth, which teeth did she think were the wolf teeth? Because the horse is three years old and the canines haven't even erupted yet, so you can't even get those confused. It's like... Mind blowing. Anyway, they took him to the clinic, sedated him, looked at his teeth. Oh, no, there's no wolf teeth. And then they brought him back. <laughs> so I've ridden him once or twice. I hope then. they
0: got uh, smart enough not to use that dentist again. Just saying.
2: Yeah, she, yeah. she said she's, she's done. That was
0: done. Yeah, that's a that. good idea. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, here in Oklahoma, there's just a lot of uh, lay people that do it, and it takes minimal I bet time. That's she to billed it. them for
0: filing those wolf teeth down.
2: I, I'm sure she did. Yeah, I'm, sh- sure I'm sure. Did. Um, but I, there's just, I mean, she's been on the hook for this because we've all been talking to her because she's, you know, backed up uh, into a corner a hundred times. But anyway, Malachi's back. He's rideable. He's doing really good. You can hose him off. You can lead him. All the things. Does that he you didn't take do the bit before. now
0: or haven't you tried yet? Oh, the- he
2: took it fine. Yeah. He took it fine because he actually had some really sharp points as well. And so now that he has no wolf teeth uh, that I am positive of because the <laughs> bet looked at him, uh, now I put the bridle in and he's just like butter. Just turn him. He just the left rein long lining and he just turns like butter. So today is the day where he is going to move out of the round pin and into the big arena. So thank goodness oh, I have gets to be a figgled. big boy today. <laughs> Yeah. He's been ponied alongside Duke. So now Abby's going to ride Duke and I'm going to ride him and we're going to like team it around. And then you kind of like, g- you know, they you start to create more independence as, as you go. So incrementally, just tiny bit by tiny bit, starting to get them some more independence. So, um, I'm really exci- I'm really proud of how far along he's come and, and from where he went, start to finish, I can walk up to him. This horse I couldn't catch for like two hours in the arena within a 10 foot radius. <laughs> he just wouldn't let me catch him. I walk up, I put the halter on, I take him out, I put him in the stall, I feed him, I bring him out, I put him in the cross ties. And I'm just, I'm, I'm thrilled with how far this has come. And it just goes to show you that patience and consistency and nonviolent methods work like this horse. Yeah, he fought, he fought, but I didn't fight back. And eventually he just quit fighting because he's like, well, that's stupid. That's too much work. (laughs) Yeah, right. It's too much
0: effort. I don't want to do this anymore.
2: So that's it. That's that's my three oh, right now. So. so you are having
0: so much fun. You can tell when you talk about it that you're having so much fun doing. Oh
2: my this. gosh, I love what I do. It's awesome, and it's so nice to have Abby here because you remember Drax was returned because oh yeah. you know, he was so mad because he, he Drax his, is a horse. I sold. <laughs> yeah, three months ago they returned him saying that he wouldn't go faster than a walk, and if you kicked him, he would pin his ears and get really mad. They bring him back. I'm like, oh, I'll ta- I'll take him back. That's fine. Bring him back and. Um, uh, they bring him back and his feet look like tiny little teacups. Um, and I'm like, where's his shoes? Well, you didn't say i had have shoes. Yes, I did. And he had shoes on and now you pulled them. They were filing his feet every two weeks because they wanted to get those pesky nail holes out of there. Right. So see how well that worked at any rate. Um, Oh, my God. He's doing amazing. Abby loves him. And uh, I'm just thrilled. Actually, she's now looking for a place for home for Joey so she can she can have him, which, of course, I would give her Drax in two seconds. Um, But anyway, what? if anybody is looking for a super nice, like 10 year old been there, done that evented trail ridden dressage hunters, uh, the her horse, Joey, I started at four and has done everything. And so we're looking for like a really good lease or purchase situation for him. I right. mean, We're talking super safe, like great first horse for a kid, great Fox hunter. I mean, I'll do any, I do anything. He's that kind of horse. He's been—he's belonged to a ten-year-old who's now eighteen, so he's seen it all. I think she got him for his her thirteenth birthday. Anyway,
0: and you can email Jamie at horseradionetwork.com. There you go. That's where you can find her. All right. Uh, I, I'm going to bring to you a story that has science involved. I don't usually do the scientific stories. I usually do those. But I found this one fascinating.
2: Science? And I you know. understand it and everything?
0: I Sort of. I mean, I understood. <laughs> I understood the three paragraphs I copied. The rest, yeah. not so much. This was published in the journal Sciences or Science Advances. And what they did is they did an exhaustive study of ancient horse remains, about 100 of them, from various parts of Asia and the Caucasus and all the way over into Turkey, and what they were trying to do is figure out where did domesticated horses come from. Apparently in the past, they've always assumed that domesticated horses came from uh, Turkey, the area that makes up Turkey. It's also called Anatolia. So that's where they assumed they came from. Well, after doing this DNA study, they're not so sure anymore. They said they found uh, genetic testing that horse domestication very likely did not begin in the Turkish area, as had been thought. Instead, it appears that it most likely began in the Eurasian steppe. And why do we know the Eurasian steppe, Jamie? Because Mongolia. Right. We talked about the steppes of Mongolia mm-hmm. and that's where they're thinking Asia now is after doing testing of all these horses and that that the horses were then brought from the Asian steppe to the area of Turkey. So and they think that this has all happened around 4000 years ago. Um They had thought it was older than that. Now they're not thinking that it's older than that. They're thinking it's around 4,000 years ago. Uh, And they also found evidence of the earliest known mule was in Southwest Asia. So they're thinking now that domestication of horses began in, in basically in the Mongol area. And it's interesting because when we talk to, about the Mongol Derby and we've had all these disc, uh, conversations with various people about the history of Mongolian horses, it kind of all makes sense now because they've been, as, as they've said, they've been horsemen for thousands and thousands of years. And apparently that's now being proven by science as they, in fact, might have been the ones to first domesticate horses.
2: And where did the first donkey <clears throat> come from?
0: They're, they found evidence of the earliest known mule in south we, Southwest Asia. So, mule. Okay. yeah, mule. So,
2: um, I don't. Do I, they
0: didn't talk that, about donkeys.
2: <laughs> do you think that they're like they, a bunch of guys, you know, sitting around the campfire, uh, living in the cave, and they see this mule and they're like, "Hey, look at that horse. That's a weird looking horse, <laughs> but it's really big and it has really long ears, and I, I just, I really like it. Let's train it." wait, you can't train it like a horse. Hold on. You know what we need to do is we need to breed that with our other horses and see what happens. And then they're like, why are we getting no babies out of it? <laughs> what, like what thought press led to like discovery of a mule? I mean, because mules are sterile. They can't make babies. I, I, I would love to be a fly on that wall.
0: I know. Don't you always wonder who the first person was that Tried to put a bit in the mouth. Who the first person was that nailed a shoe on a horse's foot? You know. On a
2: side note, I'm like, who, who saw a basil plant? And they're like, let's eat that.
0: Yeah, exactly, or, you know, or any I mean, other how many plant. We had to
2: die before, like they realized. <laughs> oh, okay, you can eat this one. Yeah. And they're
0: always talking about when you go in the woods, you eat these berries and not these berries. Who was the one that ate the other berries? Uh, oh, you know?
2: Jim! Damn it, we lost him. <laughs> yeah. Don't, Don't eat, eat those berries. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll try this one. Okay, these are good. These are fine. Let's have to call think these about that.
0: You know, I when we hike around here, the jungle here in Florida where it's not domesticated is so thick. It's so thick. And, you know, Florida, we're full of stuff that'll eat you and try and kill you. And I said to Jennifer, imagine the explorers back in Spanish times coming through here, coming through these jungles. They couldn't have done well. First of all, it took them forever to get anywhere. It was hot. You know, there were leeches and snakes and all that, alligators. It it just couldn't have been much fun. And then I read a story the other day about one of the first expeditions, Spanish expeditions that went up through Florida, and about 10% of them lived. So apparently they did not do well going through <laughs> the it. The, the Indians and Native Americans uh, learned how to do it, but uh, they apparently did not. Hey, before we go shopping at Stateline, I want you to go, and I'll post this over on our uh, Horses in the Morning Facebook page. Go down to the news section where there's links and go to Ralph Lauren is going big and bold. Uh, click on that story down there in the news section. I want to get your opinion on this and don't scroll down to the bottom because I want you to guess how much these are going to cost. So apparently Ralph Lauren, who has been known to do horsey things in his clothing before is going big and bold with its new Polo oh, Pony my watches. God, I want one. That's so cool. Polo Pony watches. Now, when you look at this Polo Pony watch, it looks like a watch, but, uh, it has a image of a Polo Pony. Now it's not like the mallet is the, hands of the watch or anything it's just an image of a polo pony right it's, On there. The, it's
2: the the iconic polo image which is usually just shadowed but this one is actually a bay horse with a rider with a blue shirt and a red hat and and he's swinging the mallet and yeah so it's it kind comes of in a- different
0: colors and you know uh, you get different kinds of bands and everything oh, yeah, there are other colors yeah, yeah. And, and so it's pretty cool it's all right i mean it kind of looks to me like uh, w- one of the more inexpensive watches that you would buy because you, you know, are, are not a horse girl. I, I'm so a watch You're not snob. seeing
2: this, and 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 I'm like, well, oh how my much God. would you pay for mm-hmm. this? I don't know. Like, I don't know. It looks kind of like with the bands and everything, like fifty bucks.
0: Well, across. add sixteen hundred <laughs> to two thousand to that. Uh, these are running sixteen hundred and fifty dollars to twenty one hundred and fifty dollars. What? (laughs) They do not look that expensive. They really do. The only people that actually wear these are polo players. (laughs) The guy (laughs) in the photo. The guy who owns the polo team is who wears these. (laughs) Yeah. So there you go. Ralph Lauren, expensive horse stuff once again. I'll post these. We'll see if you'll also pay this much. That'll be the question. New
2: polo pony watches. Behold the power of an iconic logo.
0: By the way, if you want to. If you want a less expensive, fancy-looking watch, you can go to our friend at ShopToma.com and use coupon code HRN15. to get 15% off and Again. you get one for $50, which is what I, I wear all
2: weekend. I do <laughs> think they're hot because... They're still wearing. not that be.
0: hot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, State line tax. Speaking of shopping, uh, new fall things have arrived. Yes, uh, that is correct. The fall clothing especially has arrived with long sleeve tops and jackets and rain jackets. And yeah, it's time to start thinking about that. Do you know we were so excited when we woke up this morning? It is the first morning in six months that it's been under 70 degrees. When we woken up, it was 64 this morning. First one. Summer is finally over here in Florida, but they have all kinds of horseware, carrots, uh, uh, OEQ. I don't know OEQ actually. I don't know who I don't know who makes those. That's new. Uh, Henry de Burel. They have Ecoin Couture, Good Rider, all kinds of clothing on there, and they have it at ten percent off right now. And I wonder if they still and they still have the thirty percent off thing going. I think that's
2: just site wide.
0: Yeah, it must be because this is just uh, they have all kinds of them brand new clothing. Someone's really good looking. Hey, you can get yourself a tailcoat. Are you allowed to wear one, or do you have to qualify to wear a tailcoat?
2: I would just like to wear one around.
0: <laughs> yeah, you would look I'm good dropping
2: actually. Lucas off at school. You would okay. look good huh. in one
0: of those walking around. Actually, I think shorter women look good in tailcoats because they almost hit the ground. It's kind butt. of a goth look. Yeah. Be nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they have all, they have puffer jackets and all kinds of things right now. Some of this is really good looking. Colors still seem to be a thing. Colors came in a few years ago. Horse people actually started wearing colors. And okay, why is continued. the Gatsby
2: turnout or its triple stitch leather halter is thirty dollars? I just bought a Flyover Farm like a, a leather halter for
0: <clears throat> a lot more than that. It was probably a little better quality. Gatsby's not known for the best quality. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's probably why. Uh, Good Rider has some fun clothing this year, too. Some colors and... You guys need to check it out if nothing else to just window shop all of the fall fashions that are now out. It's going to get chilly where you are, so head on over to statelinetac.com right now and take a look. Well, let's go to our guest. Equiderma finds guests for us on occasion and always finds us the most fun people, and they're usually people who are, are uh, use Equiderma and really like the products, but also have some fascinating stories to tell and are just really cool people. And we have a lot lot of listeners we know over the years that have reached out to us that have donkeys and we we probably don't talk enough about mules and donkeys because a lot of our listeners do have it we don't talk about minis enough either did you notice uh, one of our auditors just got new mini a covid mini did
2: you so see cute. um what tough one is selling no. have you heard of this no it's a it's a A belly band for minis, and it says it's to sweat off the belly of minis. And this was on the... (laughs) Does um, it
0: vibrate too, like that thing that used to hook to the wall that you could lose weight by just vibrating it off?
2: I don't know, but this, <laughs> it, it was on horse vet corner and somebody on the Facebook page, horse vet corner, and somebody posted a picture of it and they're like, Hey, do you think this would work for my mini to sweat off their belly? And apparently tough one is selling these and tough one is not a company I will ever purchase anything from theirs again. Cause they're garbage. Um, but They seriously had it on there and some a vet was like that is a belly band for colic surgery. Like there is no (laughs) reason anybody should ever use one of those to sweat weight off of a mini and tough one is selling them. But the veterinarian was like totally like do not purchase. There's your helpful hint
0: for the day. Do not purchase that. All right, let's get Megan. Sorry, you mentioned minis. I want to Megan Hensley on, and she is from Holistic Hooves. We're going to get her on from Equiderma. That's our sponsored guest. Uh, let's see if we can get Megan on. She has an interesting story about how she got into horses too. Don't we all? <laughs> Hello. Hi, Megan. How are you? It's Glenn and Jamie.
3: Hi, I'm doing good.
0: Well, thank how you. How are you guys? Good. Thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Now, we, uh, when I saw your story, I saw how you got started in horses, and we all have kind of interesting stories how we get started. I married it. Um, but you were actually in the conservation corps when you discovered horses. Tell us about that.
3: Yeah, I worked at the uh, California
0: Conservation Corps. Oh, Megan, care. hold on um, there a second. Hold on. Your connection is terrible. Um,
3: oh, is, is oh there, no.
0: Are you on talking directly in the phone? Or are you on a speaker or Bluetooth or anything?
3: I am. I am. um, Let me try standing over
2: here. Well, take yourself off the speaker. Uh, Just hold the phone up like a normal. No, I'm not on speaker. Are you on Bluetooth?
3: Yeah,
0: you're just talking right into it. Okay. Well, let's see if we can get a better spot. Uh, We're gonna cut
3: Is it okay now?
0: That's a little better. Don't move. Stay right where you are. (laughs) Okay. All right. I'm going to cut that part out, and uh, I'm just going to count back in, and we'll take that part out for the recorded show. All right. Here we go. Three, two, one. I'll just ask you the question over again. Three, two, one. So, Megan, you had a different start than a lot of people with horses and and falling in love with horses and mules and donkeys. Tell us about your time uh, at the Conservation Corps, and, and that's how it happened.
3: Yeah, I was working on a trail crew out in the middle of the wilderness, and that's when I first got introduced to mules. Actually, we had a a pack train that brought in all of our food and all of our supplies while we lived in a remote camp um, building trails, and it was really, really cool. And I fell head over heels for those guys.
0: Uh, cut there. Your connection is terrible. We can. I'm, I'm only getting about I'm every so third sorry. third word. Um, uh, hold on,
3: land just land a second. I have a. No, I just got this Wi-Fi connection that was supposed to help me get good reception <laughs> or to improve my phone. I live in the middle of nowhere.
0: Yeah, that's the problem with all of our guests oh. is they live on farms. In the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I get no reception. I, I have to go on the front porch to even talk to anybody.
3: Okay, what about now?
0: I'll talk some more. Just
3: Okay, what about now?
0: Is it better? Is this working? What do you think, Jamie? Want to give it a try? Give it a try. All right. So I just, uh, we'll, we'll have you try. No, that's right. That's okay. It happens. Uh, we'll have you give a try again. We'll just start that whole section over again. Just start with uh, how you met horses in, at the Conservation Corps. I'll count you in, okay? Okay. Three, two, okay. one.
2: You have to ask her, Glenn. Oh,
0: oh sorry. <laughs> so so you got started in med horses at the uh, California Conservation Corps. Uh, that's unusual. I don't think we've ever run across that before. Tell us about it.
3: Yeah, well, the California Conservation Corps is a program for youth, like age 18 to 26. And I got to live on a remote uh, trail crew out in the wilderness, building and repairing trails and we had a mule team that brought in all of our supplies and our food and everything and uh, they come in once a week and bring us our mail and all our treats and stuff and it was really a lot of fun getting to meet them and have them part of our experience
0: so your first experience with an equid of any sort was a mule and you went oh this is fun yeah
3: oh they were amazing um yeah they were great
0: did, now, were they just using I even for got pa- to ride one. I was going to ask you, did you ride any of them?
3: I did. I got to ride one. I rode one all the way across the Immigrant Wilderness. It was a four mile trip, and uh, it was beautiful and it was incredible.
0: Wow, that's cool. That well, it is an unusual start <laughs> for somebody to meet a mule and go. I like these. Uh, so yeah. then you went on and you actually applied to be a packer, right? To do to do the pack mule train.
3: I did. Yeah. I loved the trail work so much and I loved the mules so much. I thought, well, shoot, I could spend my life out here working with these guys. This would be a great thing to do. And so I did. I applied to be a packer, but they responded back with that I needed to have some farrier experience that if I could at least have an apprenticeship that then I would be a little more qualified um, to work alongside a lead packer because they shoe and maintain uh, the mules hooves themselves.
0: Oh, I didn't realize that. And when they when they pack yeah. the mules out there, do the mules hang around, do, are, do you carry all the supplies out and then they immediately take the mule train back or do the mules hang out for a while and head back later?
3: Uh, that's a good question. It kind of depends on how far out they go. So if it's a five or six mile trail like or hike in, then they're probably going to dump the supplies and then head back out. But if it's 12 plus miles into the camp, then they're going to spend the night, and they usually put them on like a high line, and then they head out the next day. So it just kind of depends on how far out the
0: the camps are. Do they? How much can a mule carry? By the way,
3: I you know I don't know that answer actually. Okay. I was um, just curious. Um, I don't know the answer. Yeah, they you, carry big loads though.
0: And then do do they also carry their own food in, or do they just eat grass and stuff while they're there, or find what they can? They carry their own food.
3: Uh, that also depends. I think usually one of the mules carries like a pelleted feed, probably something kind of condensed and highly nutritional, and then they will graze them in the meadows if they're staying overnight or, or going through. Gotcha. And that, I think, is all on a case-by-case basis, too.
0: I just think this is so fascinating because it's something that 99% of the people listening right now will never experience or do, right? It's, it's just uh, something that not many will yeah, Ever get to do
3: yeah it's wild and you know they're also um, they take them in for those fires that we're having right now in California mule train um, mule teams are working right now carrying in uh, supplies to the firefighters and stuff that are in the remote camps so they they are they're really neat they can do a lot of different work they can you know work on emergencies or, or general trail work and stuff like that.
0: So from that, it led to you getting into uh hoof care, and uh, also yeah. to donkeys. Now you you seem to be, from what I've read, kind of an expert on donkeys.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, people are saying that I'm an expert, but i i'm not I'm not sure that's totally true. But I have spent a lot of time really focusing on them. I really love them, and. Um, In the farrier industry, uh, they are kind of underserved. Uh, We don't, they don't, they're not treated the same way that horses are. Um, So I've been advocating for them and trying to raise awareness for people to understand how, you know, special donkeys really are and how deserving they are as well of, of good care. And it's just they're just different than horses. And so uh, they take a little bit different approach with training and stuff like that. So sometimes they get themselves into trouble and people think that they're not very good, but they're actually really good.
0: (laughs) So tell is that are their feet any different? Do they have different problems? Do you have to treat them differently as a farrier? you treat them a little bit differently. So the hoof,
3: the hoof structure is the same, you know, they have the same bones and the same soft tissue, but it's put together a little differently. They have a, from the bone to soft tissue ratio, they have more soft tissue in the hoof capsule. So that's our lateral cartilages, our digital cushion, the frog, and then um, the way it's placed uh, the frog originates farther back on the on P three, the coffin bone. So that's like if you look at a donkey's hoof, you'll see that their their heel bulbs stick farther out, and the frog juts out farther back. And then their hoof is shaped more like a little U, and the hoof wall is uniformly dense all the way around. Um, and so they they kind of call them like the mountain goats of the equine world. They have these really like little tight more elongated hoof capsules, and those are perfect for digging holes in the ground for water. In the wild, they dig holes to get water in the desert, and then they're just very nimble. They can travel over all kinds of rugged terrain, and that's where that mule gets that sure-footedness. You'll, you'll hear people that are really into mules. They'll say, my mule can take me anywhere, and that's really coming from the donkey side of their genetics.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Are they ever yeah. shod or do they yeah. are they always barefoot because their feet are so tough?
3: Well, you know, there are some that are shod. I've never um shod a donkey, but I know that some people have. Um I actually use if a donkey needs hoof protection nowadays, I will uh, lean towards like composite glue-ons or even a hoof boots are kind of my favorite route for that.
0: Yeah, I see that. I mean, I, I get that. And you actually have a course on on donkey feet care, right?
3: I do. Yeah, I have two courses. I have a beginner course. That's like an intro to donkey hoof care. A lot of people are wanting to know what should my donkey's hoof look like? Are they being trimmed well? Um and also handling the donkeys. The donkeys are can be little turkeys, you know, then they be like I don't need no farrier. I don't need you to do nothing and you got to be like yes, we do. <laughs> so I have like a course on handling them and it's really based on being playful um and and confident with them but being also very gentle and then and so that's like the beginner course and then I have a I have a, a donkey hoof trimming course like if you wanted to learn how to trim your own donkey's hooves, I could teach you how to do that.
0: Where do do people, and that's
3: the comprehensive.
0: Where do they, where do they find it? Where do they find the courses?
3: Oh, they can find um, more about me at holistichooves.com. And then also I'm really active on Facebook and I have a Facebook group called donkey and mule hoof trimming and rehab. And that's where I do a lot of promoting my course. Um, in there. I like to get people into that group that gives them kind of an intro to who I am and what we're doing. And then from there, I can link them. You can always email me from my website, too, if if you're not on Facebook. All
0: right. And so let's talk about thrush. Are, are, do donkeys get thrush if their feet are so hard? Do they still have that issue?
3: Yes, they do. In fact, um, Glenn, what happens, donkeys are desert animals. Like if we were to step back and just go out and meet a wild donkey. They are in the high desert. They, they, they go up higher than even our wild horses. And it is dry in the desert, right? And it is rookie. And there's not much moisture. And there's also not a lot to eat. So there's, um, you know, not a lot of sugar and carbs available for donkeys in their natural environment. And so when we bring them, you know, home with us, that doesn't change who they are. That doesn't change the fact that they're these desert animals. And what will happen is, like I live in the Pacific Northwest of Northern California. It rains here all the time. It's always moist. So the donkeys struggle more with hoof issues when when they're in these wetter environments. And so we have to be very uh, we have to we have to be thoughtful and be pre- and take preventative measures. So, like I'm always telling people that you want to dry up their environment as much as you can. We can't stop the rain, but we can get rid of standing water. We can mitigate mud because those things will wreak havoc on a donkey's hooves. And too much moisture and that in turn introduces cases of thrush and white lion disease. So is- you know, and then also trimming them more often. Because in the desert, they would be wearing their feet down all the time. And then we bring them to a softer environment and their feet get long. And thrush likes to live in wet, dirty, long crevices, if that makes sense.
0: So, we, yeah, we uh, we live in Florida, so we know a little bit about thrush, uh, being that it's wet here all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. What, do, what do you use? Do you, uh, do you use an Ecuador product for that, or what do you use for thrush? What do you recommend? <laughs>
3: I, you know, I really love Equiderma's new product. They just, I've loved Equiderma for a long time. Um, one of their main ingredients is neem oil. And that's what really had me fall in love with their products. That's just an amazing um, ingredient. And they just created not long ago, um, a and white line, a disease product. And I love it. I've been using it since it came out and I've been having really good results with it. And the other thing I like about it is donkeys can be funny about new things, smells and stuff. And, you know, you bring out some medicine and they're like, I don't need no medicine. Get away from me. <laughs> you know, and so what I've found with the Equiderma is they actually like the smell of it. I haven't had any of my donkeys turn their nose up at it and not want me to, you know, I call it the medicine. So I'm like, come here, we're to put some medicines on there. <laughs> so donkeys are a lot like little kids. So <laughs> you have to negotiate with them but um yeah i I was thinking they
0: sounded a lot like husbands really well okay we'll go with little kids
3: (laughs) (laughs) well maybe yeah you know you got to kind of convince them and you got to make things fun and you got to (laughs) kind of talk them into why should they be doing this with you so um so yeah i love donkeys they're so silly they're very very smart too so so that's that called,
0: uh, for Equiderma, it's called Thrush and White Line Treatment. You can go to Equiderma.com. By the way, there is a coupon code. I want to ask you a question then, Jamie. There is a coupon code HRN15, all one word, HRN, the number's 15. And you get oh, 15% cool. off of all the products at Equiderma, including the uh, Thrush and White Line Treatment. Head on over there right now. Thank you for for mentioning that. Have you ever worked with donkeys, Jamie? Have you ever? Jamie's a certified Monty Roberts instructor, but are donkeys included in that? Oh,
2: uh, we he, we do have in the syllabus a long uh, part about training donkeys. And it's interesting because donkeys have, instead of flight, you know, fight or flight, donkeys also have like a third tactic that they use, which is fight, flight, and freeze. And sometimes donkeys just yeah. take, you know, people say donkeys are stubborn. They're actually in that freeze mechanism when people say they're being mm-hmm. stubborn because They take a little more time to process things. Um, and, and by taking time to process, I mean, they're deciding whether or not they're going to do what you want or they're going to leave. So (laughs) that is the kind of the fun part about training donkeys is you have to work with that mechanism as well. It's like a third kind of reaction. Do you find that that's true? Yeah.
3: Oh, I do. Yeah. I was nodding my head along with you. Absolutely. <laughs> that is where they get that the people will say that they're stubborn and you're right. They're freezing and they're just thinking more about it. And and in the wild, they will freeze and even try to camouflage. Like you said, they might fight a predator or they'll freeze and they will blend in because they're trying to conserve energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't want to run and they don't live in as big of herds in the wild as horses do. So there's not that power of a group either.
2: Yeah. It's really, they're, they're such amazing animals. I, I haven't ever actually worked with a pure donkey. I've worked with some mules, but donkeys never. And, uh, it's, it's on the bucket list to get one from the BLM and start one fresh. should be fun. (laughs) That'd be so cool. They, I like to say that like people,
3: love donkeys. They just might not know it yet until you meet one (laughs) to interact with one. You know what I mean? It's like, they're really special.
0: Well, we have a lot of them around our farm here. We have donkeys that live in uh, like four different farms right around ours. So we get the twice a day uh, chorus going. Uh, and if one yeah. starts in the neighborhood, they all go. It's all at the yeah. same time. Yeah. And so twice a day we hear the chorus and it's usually when one of the groups is being fed and then the others type in okay. and it's <laughs> you know what time of day it is by what time the donkey chorus starts. It's HolisticHooves.com. So cool. Thank you so much for joining us yeah. today. We really appreciate it. I'll put the links in our show notes as well uh megan hensley we appreciate you stopping by it's been fun talking about donkeys
2: Thanks, yeah megan. thank you guys so much
0: all right bye bye
2: bye and it is holistichooves.com for those playing along at home and when you do go to you're it you're just it's gonna really have to stop picture. correcting
0: me because we determined i am not the only one so you are, you are as wrong one. as you i are you're No, (laughs) no, we have determined that uh, I am not the only one. You you are as wrong as I am. Today's horse health report coming up next is brought to you by the Horse Nutrition Podcast on the Horse Radio Network. The Horse Nutrition Podcast covers topics you will love. By the way, if all of you that say it the way I say it, email jamie at horseradionetwork.com every day for the rest of your life. Annoy the hell out of her.
2: Hold on. I'm getting an email. Wait, no, I'm not getting an email. nobody says <laughs> The
0: Horse like that. Nutrition Podcast Unless covers topics you will all love. It highlights the world's most extraordinary horses, how they're trained, and what kind of nutrition they're given. A part of Purina's Full Rain documentary series. Go to PurinaMills.com slash Full Rain to see them all. The latest episode is all about vaulting horses. <clears throat> and it's award-winning. And it's right here on the Horse Radio Network as well. Well, I uh, believe it
2: was last week that we had somebody on from Lancaster, PA, and they said hooves.
0: <laughs> no, I think they said it my way, and you just didn't no, hear it right.
2: They did not. So oh my God, play it there's, back. Been
0: a, there's been a lot of posts on the auditor page. I noticed about arthritis. People are dealing with joints and arthritis pain in their horses. Yeah. And I asked Jennifer to look back in our archives and remember. Diane, uh, Doctor Brian Waldridge has been on our show many times, Dr. and B. she he she found one uh, that mm-hmm. she did on joint anatomy with Doctor Waldridge, and he's always a lot of fun. So we're going to play that for you today. And so for all those people out there having. Joint issues or arthritis problems, this kind of goes into... Why? Because their joints are so very complicated. And we're coming back with some weird news, aren't we?
2: Yep. We
4: got it. Watch out. Here we go. Well, when it comes to hot topics for horse people, care and maintenance of horses' joints is right there at the top. And Dr. Brian Waldridge, better known to his Facebook fans as Dr. B from Dr. B's Bluegrass, is going to lay down the basics for us here because a little knowledge can go a very long way when it comes to making good decisions and taking care of your horse's joints. So welcome to the show, Dr. B.
1: Well, thanks. It's always great to spend time with you guys. I enjoy it more than you know.
4: Well, it's so fun to have you because you have great uh, information for us because you can explain it so that regular people can understand it. And you also always have really great stories because you're right there in the thick of things in Lexington, Kentucky.
1: Yeah, that and uh, used to practice in some wilderness in uh, Alabama and Georgia, so that helps too. So we, <laughs>
4: you get interesting we stories of every sort, don't you? That leads us right to our topic today: joints, horses' joints, or horses' joints, or horses' joints. They all have the same ones. Um, yeah, they have varying degrees of stress on them depending on what your how your horse is built and what he does for a living. But how they're made and how they work is the same for everybody. So maybe you could start us out with just an kind of an overview of. How joints are made and how they work because it gets a little confusing sometimes.
1: Right. I think let's we'll start with how they work. And, and sometimes I'll tell people to go and just go on YouTube and just search a slow motion video of a racehorse. Or if you, or, you know, if you event, go look for a slow motion video of a, of a horse going over a jump or on the cross country and watch like how far their fetlock drops. And it, you know it'll, it'll it'll touch the ground at a racehorse. It'll touch into the into the track sometimes, or at least be parallel to the ground. And I think just when you look at that, it helps you to realize those joints are doing a whole lot more under a whole lot more stress than you think sometimes. And and but that's how the horse is made. It's made to take that. But when you think about how much repetitive stress it is on that joint helps you to understand how easy it is and maybe how fortunate we are. The horses don't have more joint problems than we see. And then, you know, for function, for me, I'll try and think too, is where that joint is because we have have joints that are called hinge joints like the elbow is just a hinge joint. They're just going to go in two places. And then like a shoulder or more so a hip, you know, they're sort of a ball and socket joint so they can move a lot more than you know they move in different planes than the hinge joints do, and then the other thing you think about is how how the horses get arthritis. And either they have an abnormal joint for some reason, like say they have a chip or a fracture, and then that joint's asked to do that normal movement. You know, of course, that's going to cause problems. Or we take the normal joint and we're asking it to do something pretty extraordinary, like say a high level jumper. You know, that's going to go over some really high jump and then come down and have to have a lot of drop in their fetlock. So, you know, either we've got a joint that has problems, it's, we're asking it to do, say, normal-type things, like trail riding or maybe some, uh, galloping, something like that, in a racehorse that's got a chip, or we're asking a horse to jump this big, high jump, so we're really stressing a normal joint, and those two things are going to, really, the, the basis of how we're going to end up with osteoarthritis later on.
4: So if you have you have hinge joints and you have ball and socket joints um right. what would what which one would would a knee or a hawk fall under what would they be called cuz they're the so ones you're about to
1: Yeah hawks would be more of a hinge but then the little bones at the bottom of the hawk, they'll actually rotate some, too so really? those those ones are going to rotate in and then there's you know at the top of the hawk where the tibia the big bone comes in there's a groove and the uh, sort of a Will move back and forth like a hinge, but that that groove will help to stabilize the joint. And then the other thing I need to talk about is, you know, there's soft tissue structures in there that help to hold. Well, now the we're going to get to the, the right really confusing
4: part. This is where it really gets confusing, people. So put on your thinking cap. Go ahead.
1: All right. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so okay, made so, out of
1: aluminum foil, so people can't read my thoughts.
4: There we <laughs> go. <laughs> a fellow Marvel Comics fan, yay! Um, so so we've got the bones that that basically have either a hinge joint or a ball and socket joint and holding it all together we have assorted bits of soft tissue so continue
1: so there we've got tendons and ligaments and you know muscle on some of those joints and you know the other thing thing about the shoulder joint which is one we don't really see a whole lot of disease in but really if you look at a at a horse skeleton that shoulder joint the scapula, the shoulder blade, isn't attached to the skeleton. That's held on by muscle. So, oh,
0: really? You
1: know, that's another one that we don't really so luckily don't see much shoulder problems. But really, the shoulder is totally supported by muscle outside the body.
4: So let it's let me take a break on. here. And when we talk about the shoulder joint, the actual shoulder joint is located at that pointy part in the front where he always gets blanket rubs, right?
1: Yes, okay. right. And so there's this there's the big shoulder blade. You know, the, and then there's muscle to the rest of the skeleton. So there's not any attachment there there's the no rest attachment. of the way. You know. so, you know, horses don't have a clavicle, so they don't have any attachment. There
4: you there. go. Then they can't break it, but uh, maybe that's not good either. So we have tendons no. and ligaments, and they can be a little confusing because they look like they should be the same thing, but they're not.
1: Right, right. And a tendon is going to tie a muscle into bone, and a ligament going to tie – going to be – Bone to bone, generally, is a is kind of a really broad definition.
4: So, when you have a tendon, are they made of basically the same material? In other words, are they designed to um, to absorb the same types of stresses? Like they're just two different two different colored rubber bands, but they're both rubber bands. Or is are they completely different functions?
1: No, they're pretty much the same histologically. If you look at them with a microscope, they're even a little bit coiled, which helps them to stretch. And pretty much one connects bone to bone, and one is the muscle going into bone. So if you think of like a, a tendon is where the muscle is going to end into the bone to tie it into the bone to help it pull on that bone to cause movement.
4: All right. So what other what other soft tissues do we have involved inside of these joints?
1: Well, you yeah, have things like um, the meniscus and the stifled joint, which, you know, people have. this kind of like a little cushioning uh, apparatus that um, allows the, the tibia, the big bone in the, in the top of the leg there, that kind of cushions it as it articulates with the tibia, the next long bone in the leg. So there's in there, and, you know, horses have cruciate ligaments. um And there's also, even in the knee, um, there's little ligaments that tie those um, carpal bones together. And then another place where we can have problems is what people call the XYZ ligaments because they're kind of shaped like that if we look at them with ultrasound to help tie uh, the bones there, the, the sesamoid bones in the back of the ankle to the pastern. So those little ligaments can also get damaged and stretched. And that can sometimes cause a Pretty significant lameness would be hard to diagnose.
4: So we have a, a, now is a meniscus the same as cartilage?
1: It's sort of similar in that it's a cushioning uh, and it's a thicker cartilage type material, but it's not like cartilage that's on the end of the bone. It's it's more of a, a true cushion that sits in there. And so it helps to be a shock absorber. And probably, uh, Barbara's role is probably connect her to uh, protect that cartilage below it too. But it's basically, if you look at it in a microscope, it's going to be closer to cartilage, yes.
4: Okay, so we've got cartilage and meniscus, which are kind of in the same family. And we've got tendons and ligaments. They're in the same family. Uh, What about um, something called a joint sac? What the heck does that do, and why is it there?
1: Well, the the joint sac or joint capsule, so its job is to hold in our joint fluid. And, And joint fluid, if you think of that, that's like oil in the engine. So that's lubrication. Uh, and that helps everything just glide back and forth, and, and reduce friction, and allow that. And also, it it gives nutrients to the cartilage and the and the tendons and all that are inside that that joint. So it both nourishes the cells and has a lubricating effect. So so the joint capsule holds that in there.
4: All right. So there we've got the parts of the. Joints, which covers up that basically covers all the joints in the whole body. So joints uh, between every vertebrae, there's a joint. It essentially yes. has the same parts as a knee joint would. It has cartilage and tendons and ligaments and joint capsule.
1: Right, and the between the vertebrae, yes, there's a little. There's not much in there, but there's um, there's going to be a little joint fluid, and also there's a Uh Horses, the discs that horses have are different than dogs, and I I think they're different than humans, so we don't tend to really see disc disease in horses, but those discs can sometimes cause trouble. And in older horses, and this is more common in stallions, I guess I've seen it in mares, but I can't remember it I have, is they can get um arthritis. It's called spondylosis, they so get it where you almost think they've got arthritis in between their vertebrae. So they get some bridging in there and get some little spurs and all and those can be pretty painful, and even cause signs of neurologic deficits. When, hmm. You know, the horses can can neurologic, and that, that's pretty common in old stallions. That you'll see that. That was actually one of the problems Seattle Flu had late in life. That's why. He oh had yes, to,
4: I remember uh, reading about that.
1: Yeah, that's, that's why he had to have it. it wasn't that he was a wobbler? Is that And you know, cigar, great cigar. Another example that he got those those kind of bridging arthritis there in his neck and had to get that repaired.
0: Well,
4: how interesting is that? Well, this has just created lots and lots more questions for me, but I I won't ask them right now because uh, we're going to run short on time. If folks want to follow your adventures around the Lexington, Kentucky area as a working veterinarian, where can they find you? How can they follow you?
1: Uh, On Facebook, Dr. Dr. B's Bluegrass.
0: Well, thank you to Dr. B. we got to ha- have him back on live again sometime soon. It's been a while. It's good to hear him. And to hear all about uh, arthritis and joints, Uh, this health segment was brought to you by— And by the way, getting older, I'm thinking about that more—and feeling it more. This health segment was brought to you by the Horse Nutrition Podcast on the Horse Radio Network, now in their third season. Each show highlights some of the world's most extraordinary horses, how they're trained, and what kind of nutrition they're given to help fuel their performances. Episodes this year, including Training Hollywood Movie Horses, Therapy horses helping veterans and an inside look at traditional Charo horsemanship. It's all PR, uh, it's all part of Purina's Full Rain documentary series. Go to purinamills.com full rain to see all the films, interviews, and podcasts. It's time. <laughs>
2: Yes, it is time for weird news. And, um, you know, Glenn, I need an uh, an extra sound effect for this first one. This weird news also begs to have the loser sound effect. Can you pull that up?
0: <laughs> Man, you are one pathetic loser.
2: Drivers on the Chicago highway saw an unusual sight on Monday afternoon. That's right. A cowboy, they said, riding alongside vehicles in Chicago during rush hour on a major freeway. He was known as the dreadhead cowboy, a local quote celebrity whose real name is Adams Hollingsworth. And he said he wrote down the Dan Ryan expressway in support of hashtag kids lives matter. Um, I, what an idiot. Okay, you you stop traffic by galloping down the pavement on your horse in the middle of rush hour. Poor horse. Now they it took forever for them to actually apprehend him. It was a he slow went, pe-
0: slow speed chase at about 12 yeah, miles an hour. He, <laughs>
2: He galloped quite a yeah. bit. I mean, for miles. This poor horse carried him miles with sirens flashing and people honking and cars going by. And a,
0: a quadrant of motor- motorcycles escorting him, who apparently were with him at the beginning. They were friends of his riding the motorcycles. Oh, wow. I, I thought it was police motorcycles off. at first when I saw the video, but it was but a not. bunch of his, I his friends. If they-
2: I wonder if they got arrested too. The horse was taken into police custody by the Chicago police department and videos posted to social media showed the horse uh, being put onto a mounted patrol trailer and the horse went to animal control. Now you have an update on this guy who was arrested um, and a and friend of his was arrested, too,
0: things. by the way, because the friend, one of the motorcyclists, apparently got in the way and wouldn't let the police take the horse. So he got arrested for obstruction yes, okay. of justice, too. Um So what what ha- apparently the horse was bleeding from one foot uh, and another foot was in pretty bad shape and. Aunt- as you can guess, running down the highway at for seventeen minutes at a gallop, and also had uh, serious uh, sores on the horse's side from the saddle. So the horse did not fare as well. If he was doing this to make you know to make a point and to make a statement, maybe he shouldn't have done it at the horse's demise. Uh, so the horse has been taken away and is now at one of the sheriff department horse places. Uh,
2: he will appear in Bond Court t- today. I hope so. they also
0: get him for animal abuse. I mean, I hope that's one of the things they add to that list, because the horse was abused. There was, there was problems. Yeah, oh, not good. I'm reading
2: quotes from his family. Uh, now, I'm not, I'm not no, spending any more a, time on yeah, this story. Let's, Moving it on. just was
0: a bad thing to do for the horse. Whatever your intentions were good, the end result was bad. Let's uh, Let's leave it at that. Well, this
2: family was devastated to find out that Solomon had run away. Solomon in Ashland City, Tennessee, disappeared, and the family was so sad that their one hundred and fifty pound African salt caught a tortoise had left and run away from his Ashland City enclosure. How does a
0: turtle run away? <laughs>
2: Glenn, he took <laughs> off, dude. He was gone for two months.
0: Two months. What, they found him half a mile away?
2: Not <laughs> even an eighth of a mile. He had made it in two months. And he was
0: running the whole time, full speed. Half a
2: mile away. Um, a man and his son spotted the le- Solomon. They were gray- feeding him
0: bad lettuce. He was out of there. <laughs>
2: grazing in a valley at a construction site and we <laughs> turned him i guess he's uh been quite some deal with you know trying to get the tortoise back uh he was 50 they've had him since he was born he's 15 years old 150 he's now 100
0: pounds
2: 150 pounds oh they said i guess we'll never know the full details of solomon's great he was adventure pissed. you
0: didn't do him enough you didn't feed him enough good food i guess.
2: And how he managed to elude us all for so long, no matter his traveled course or intent. Solomon is now safely at home and so much joy has been returned to our family. And the quote from Solomon is, damn it, I'm home. I was trying to get out of here. Yeah,
0: Yeah. that's the same quote we get from Zeus every time you capture him.
2: I ran as fast (laughs) as I could.
0: Do we know, have they caught the tiger they keep spotting in Tennessee too? Have they caught that one yet? I yeah. don't
2: know. I'll probably get that news story when next it actually week. <laughs> okay. We have Ford. This is going to be number three, but we're going to head to Georgia. We're going to head to Canton, Georgia, which is just northwest of Atlanta. And a suspect was pulled over, he, he was just at a regular routine traffic stop. And if, if you know where Canton, Georgia is, there's it's just pine trees everywhere. So this guy gets pulled over, gets out of the car, and runs into the woods. He's gone. Takes off.
0: Because that always works in the movies.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, why not? Um, I got a flat tire in Canton, Georgia one time, and I was afraid to get out of my car because I felt like a bear was going to get me or like I was going to <laughs> get murdered or something by some.
0: You didn't mouse. run into the woods. <laughs>
2: I did not go into the woods because people like this are in the woods. Um, so it, it, the Cherokee County Sheriff's Office went through his backpack. Wait and, a minute. And stop that. right
0: there. Why am I not surprised it's a Cherokee County Sheriff's Office? In Canton, oh yeah georgia, Canton,
2: georgia <laughs> yeah. county um and if, if, if they went to his bag and in a facebook post they said hey um by the way you left your backpack in here and inside the backpack they found meth <laughs> but they also found a lottery ticket mm. a winning lottery no. ticket a scratch off winning lottery ticket for like a hundred bucks or something. And this Facebook post offered it's from the sheriff's department offered it's congratulations. You've, you know, come back and get your winning lottery ticket. Our offices in Canton about 40 minutes north of Atlanta, please come on back and we'll give you the ticket. (laughs)
0: <laughs> of He's probably so dumb he will.
2: <laughs> I know. Well, they did eventually catch him, and he is currently in custody. <laughs> well, he has a hundred
0: dollars to use towards his bail now.
2: <laughs> they said they gave it back to him, but they kept the meth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was like an unboxing. That's going to be a new thing. Sheriff's departments unboxings where they open just...
2: up. <laughs> I love when they they just turn it like they take the moment to be like make a little comedy. They're like, hey, congratulations. You have a winning lottery ticket and it's right here at the prison. You can come get it and we will absolutely give it back to you.
0: Well, their their job's not very fun right now. So anything to break up the monotony. Anything. By the way, I am so happy. I know you have one more. I'm so happy that Florida hasn't been in the the weird news yet this week. Not
2: yet. (laughs) And Florida is going to stay out of it today because we are going to head to Australia. And one of our kind listeners tagged me in this post because I love it when y'all share weird news with me because I never would have seen this one. So thank you for sharing this. It's an article from Newsweek, newsweek newsweek.com. There was a fire, Glenn. There was a fire at a cattle breeding facility in Australia. And um, (laughs) there was cylinders. Hundreds of cylinders containing bull semen, and the cylinders were destroyed in the fire. However, what happens when the flame gets next to the cylinders is explosions. Are they happening. pressurized? The cylinders, um, it says the liquid inside the cylinders was, because there's like, you know, liquid to keep everything cryogenic, you know. Ah, Um, The liquid in the cylinders was rapidly expanding, and essentially the lids of the cryogenic cylinders were (laughs) popping off and projectiles were being thrown out of the building. So firefighters were trying to get the fire out and avoid... Bull semen from raining down.
0: Okay, I want to be on the fly of the wall in that fire department when they got back. The jokes and the comedy must have been great.
2: Oh, my God. I mean, it, 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 yes, yeah, it's, it's a sad story. All the firemen lost. All it, 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 The people lost everything. But the fact that bull semen is raining down from the yes. sky, an explosion, there you go. Oh, the
0: nicknames, just everything about oh. that story with firemen. Oh, that's going to be a good one. All right. <laughs> it's raining. Hallelujah. If your senior dog has the mobility and spunk of a puppy lucky you, but more than likely your senior dog is slowing down, maybe even suffering slightly. We're excited to tell you about Dr. Busby's Encore Mobility. It's a new joint supplement. Speaking of joints, we just were talking about that earlier. For dogs, that does more than just help the joints. It renews your dog's spark and spirit. Stop uh, worrying about your senior dog slowing down. Go to drbusby.com. That's B-U-Z-B-Y.com, And save 10% on Encore Mobility with the promo code HR RN. It's promo code HRN at drbusby.com. For more good days with your dog, go stock up today. You know, what, I'll end with this today, and we're, we'll, we'll hang around with the auditors for a little bit. Uh, while I was not feeling well over the weekend, I uh, decided to get on and look what greyhounds were available, because it's been a while now, and much to Time Jennifer's for chagrin, I, you know, I started looking. Uh, and... I'm happy to report that there is not a greyhound to be found anywhere.
1: The adoption
0: agencies are, like, empty. I mean, virtually empty. Uh, From here to Ohio, it it was crazy. There are very few greyhounds available for adoption right now, which means that they've been adopted. So that's all good.
2: Are you willing to look at other... Dogs, or do you are I you set on the greyhounds?
0: Jennifer would love, she's always had a dream her entire life, and we're not purebred people until greyhounds, and that was mostly for the rescue side of it, right? Um, and plus, they turned out to be terrific dogs. Um, but she's always wanted a full size standard poodle, believe it or not. <laughs> Jennifer's always wanted a full size standard poodle, not little, not the little barky ones, the big ones, which are pretty cool. The big ones, $3,000 and up. No, yes.
2: No, I mean, I mean,
0: no. Yes, I'm yeah. sure they cost that, but yeah. no, no, no. We're not spending that much for a dog. We
2: haven't I'm spent that greyhound much on any of our
0: horses. Pets. <laughs> so
2: greyhoundpetsok.org. It's
0: Let's amazing the that they're just. I don't know. Maybe it's a COVID thing. You know, everybody went out and got greyhounds too. Uh, so I was, I'm, I was actually happy to see that because then I didn't have to make a decision.
2: Hounds <laughs> of the Heartland Greyhound Adoption. I think they might have some dogs available. Okay. So we'd have to go out to
0: Oklahoma to visit you
2: Yes. Oh my god, I'll like totally get it and we like (laughs) think I'll save it at the house.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Chad'll love that. (laughs) All right. Thank you everybody for joining us today. We appreciate it. Tomorrow is Oh, the sales and breeding episode with Kayla and Charlie. So they'll be here tomorrow. And then Friday, we have some really bad ads. So get your ads into Jennifer at Horseradionetwork.com for Friday's show. Thanks, everybody.
2: All right. Spay Neuter, geld.
0: All right, auditors. Um, so they had, they did have a couple of greyhounds that were seniors, that were like nine and ten. But I can't go. I can't. I just can't do the senior thing. I mm-hmm. have them for a year. That they looks. they lived to eleven, you know. So it's like I just can't do the. Yeah, but you can again. provide
2: them a soft place for their last, uh, you know, time.
0: Uh, I just can't do it. My heart can't take it. Yeah, it is hard. It is tough. I know. I uh, admire people who do that, and I give you full credit in the whole world for doing it. I really do. Well, I,
2: you know yeah. what's tough about that for you is that you'll get one, and then you'll lose it in a year, and then it's going to be another couple of years before you're going to give another one a home. So timing-wise, it because you suffer so badly. Yeah, just,
0: uh, I get really attached to my doggies.
2: <laughs> you need a dog, like if you're recovering from surgery, you need a, a dog to snuggle up in the bed with you. My, Maybe that, you guys was... should look at fostering. For a well,
0: uh, we did look at that too, but they're, again, the ones around here, there just aren't any. So it's, I'm, I'm happy. I'm sure
2: that there's plenty of dogs I, that can be fostered, and I'm going to look it up for you. You know what? That's my job today is to find And the
0: other thing is we are looking for a – we are being picky because I would look for a smaller greyhound. Our house, I don't want a a 90-pound greyhound. It's just the males get that big. So we always have tended to go for the little females. And they're harder to find because everybody wants little dogs. They don't want the 90-pounders. We did have one. We fostered a 90-pounder one time that was black, just like the horse you want, right? It was black and good-looking and everything. But that dog was dumb as a stick. Uh, <laughs> God, you know, it doesn't matter what breed. You get the smart ones and the dumb ones. This one was dumb as a stick. I mean, just dumb as a stick. It was one of the dumbest dogs we've ever had. <laughs> we've had some I'm- dumb dogs. <laughs> Do you want to know the other one? I'm going to throw Jennifer under the bus a little bit. The other dog, nobody's going to believe this, a Papillon. She's always <laughs> thought they were cool looking. And I, I, I just doesn't seem like Jennifer. The poodle I can see.
2: Uh, you know what? My brother and sister-in-law, they keep buying... They just got their second one, and it's like second what poodle,
0: little poodle, or the retriever
2: mixes. So the one they got like a golden poodle, (laughs) golden doodle, and then they got another one that's three quarters poodle. I can't the money that they spent on these dogs. Oh god, yeah, they're thousands, aren't they? They're
0: thousands. thousands. Yeah, it's crazy. I would never do it, you know. And there there aren't any rescues for them because nobody gives them up. You're buying one of those; they keep them you know there's very few rescues for that kind of dog
2: there's a florida little dog rescue.com you could maybe get a little dog um well you see. know you J- Sh- charlotte
0: works at uh, at a dog place over here uh, and it's a rescue i think Kind of oh works my with the main God. society. And stuff. Go
2: to Florida Little Dog Rescue.com. There's two little chihuahuas. One oh, has see, one. I would eye. never own
0: a chihuahua. I'm and sorry, then chihuahua then people. I can't stand them. <laughs>
2: Cosmo, the Shih Tzu. And then. But see, I Pix- don't really is- like
0: little barky dogs. It's the reason I like greyhounds. They don't bark at all. That's the reason I like greyhounds. They don't bark. Oh, I don't want a barky dog. Your dogs don't bark a lot in the house, or did, did we just not hear them?
2: Um, I gotta tell you the truth that since we've moved into this new house, Chad will let any of the dogs inside except for Bella, the Basset <laughs> Hound. She oh yeah, sleeps. She's makes me feel good. So it's
0: all about. Me. By the way, I um, love seeing pictures when you post a Bella. Oh, your the Bella pictures are so good. Ah, because she always she, looks so content and happy.
2: <laughs> I actually was telling I was saying that yesterday. I was like, this dog is never a Basset Hound is never in a bad mood. They are just. Happy and she's a rescue, and she came from a rescue from horse and hound rescue. And she's just never in a bad mood. They're just never in a bad mood. If you go, you should rescue a basset hound, man. <laughs> if you want a dog that's they're pretty, they, the only time they ever and she doesn't bark at all. Um, but lucky would bark when I would come home, he just howl like it's just happy. They're just so happy, and then they're like done, and then they go back to bed. Um, but they sleep like. 20 hours a yeah, day. Yeah, they're more like the
0: greyhound. They have uh, periods of activity and the rest of the times on the couch, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. and the activity is questionable. <laughs> <laughs> but she, she's the most a- active Basset Hound I've had because she's a little probably younger than the rest of them because the other ones I had were all seniors because I'll take a senior Basset Hound is just my heart. You can't take it and I have to have them. Um, but yeah, check out the, check out a Basset Hound, man. That's like, it's like you having surgery and laying in bed for two weeks. Oh, that'd be like the greatest rescue dog situation ever, especially a Basset Hound. You know what? Oh my God, get a Basset. She likes
0: uh, hot dogs. She really likes the hot dogs, but I refuse to take a dog for a walk that can only move at about half a, a quarter of a mile an hour. That would drive yeah. me insane. <laughs> just...
2: Oh, there's Pet Finder, there's Fur Kids Pet Rescue, you are pets.
0: It's sad. The one thing you do see, I mean, when you even look at Charlotte's Rescue over here in Ocala, it's all it's, it's all pit bulls. Yep.
2: I'm just, I just went to their website. It's, it's... all
0: pit bulls because nobody wants them and people get them and don't realize what they have and, you know, all the usual things. Uh, so what else is going on there? Does um, everything going well at school? Oh, my gosh. We love our school, like Lucas goes to. It's fantastic. It's Do you so know,
2: fun. like, most schools, the drop-off, you know, it's like three, you know, you have to drop them off at, at the the first school, is 7.50, okay? 7.50, which means you have to be in line in your car, and I don't think I've ever been as savage as when I'm in the line at drop-off. Because you're like, you're not allowed to come out. Karen, get back in your car. You sit down. Who do you think? I'm like, is that baby going to get out of the car anytime today? Or do we just sit here in the middle of the street doing nothing? Oh, my God. Is she in her pajamas right now? Yes, she is. And she is walking around. I can't even believe it. Oh, my God. I'm like, this is the entrance. And I have leaned out of my car. And I was like, this is the entrance. The exit's over there. You're blocking traffic. Like, I, I mean, psychotic, right? And then um, it's, it's a savage place. It's a savage uh, the place. The only thing
0: I know about it is I've been with Jemmy when she drops uh, JoJo off. And it, that never happened when I was going to school. There wasn't that. There, because no parent dropped school. their kid off. Everybody took walked or took the bus. Nobody dropped their kid off. So when I yeah. saw that for the first time, I got to tell you, I was shocked. The line out half a mile to a mile long of cars dropping their kids off. I was shocked.
2: I, I it was amazing. So um this school that he's at now and and, and there's you pull really up and throw like, him
0: out the door. <laughs>
2: you're no, you're psychotic. When you have to get your kid to school at seven fifty and the bus rings bell rings at seven fifty-five, so you've a five minute window to drop off your kid and let them get to the classroom at you know, when you have to leave at seven thirty-eight. And if your kid is not in the car at 738, it's just a fight in the morning. It's just a total, just such a stressful situation. (gasps) Get out of the car. Where are your shoes? Oh, my God. Why don't you have your backpack? (laughs) Jesus, put the pants on. (laughs) So you're like freaking out. This current school, the drop off, Glenn, is between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. Really? And
0: so not everybody's showing up at the same time.
2: And they have a gymnasium, and the kids play, play, play in the gym
0: before school. Well, that's great. Get some energy out.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and pickup is between three and four. It's—I can't tell you how much better my life is now. Chad and are like—they only go through like eighth grade, but they're thinking about like building grades. I was like, oh my god, they—I will will donate money to get (laughs) them to where that he will go there through his senior year. Oh my god, it's amazing. It's awesome. I mean, yeah, he's getting like a really good education. Blah 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 blah. The drop off is awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> did he make friends quick? He he probably did. He's good. Yeah yeah, yeah yeah. He's yeah. good at that stuff. Um, so uh, let's see, Asher seeing, is his new best friend. So. Uh, let's see if there's anything we didn't cover today. No, we hit most of what we wanted to do today. Guest was good. So yeah, good show today. All right. Cool. All right. I thought my transition into the thrush was brilliant. Just weave that right in there.
2: It was so seamless, I didn't even notice. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's good. I get two points for that. Two points for that. <laughs> and thank you again to all the auditors who've reached out about health issues and everything. And uh, I will definitely let you know after I have my appointment today what's going on. They called yesterday. They've actually called twice now. Both, this is how careful everybody is now they called yesterday are you sick have you been sick if your nose been running has you have any flu symptoms and then nobody's allowed to come with you and you know i don't know it must be tough for people who Like, I don't think Jennifer's going to be able to come along or visit at the hospital at all. So it must be tough, you know, people having heart attacks and stuff, and nobody's living a lot. What are you supposed to walk yourself in after you've had the heart attack? I don't know.
2: What if you're having babies?
0: I don't. Well, I guess the husbands are allowed in, but I don't think anybody else. I don't. I think it's pretty particular about who's allowed in.
2: Well, man, that would be a wonderful thing. (laughs) Having a baby. Nobody else can come. Yeah, husband
0: alone, no mothers, no, none of that stuff.
2: Magical.
0: (laughs) All right, everybody. We'll talk to you All again right. uh, tomorrow here for, uh, for the sales episode.
2: Cool. Bye.